Did you know 90% of top performers have a high emotional intelligence and a higher than average annual income? As one of the most highly valued skill sets, emotional intelligence or EI is what distinguishes outstanding leaders. Deepen your EI skills today with the Daniel Goleman Emotional Intelligence course, a 12-week online course to develop your inner capacity, become a stellar leader, and build high-performance teams. Save your seat and $50 with the coupon code PODCAST. Learn more at courses.keystepmedia.com. That's courses.key stepmedia.com. Don't forget to enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout for $50 off your registration. Tell me about a time that you had a strong feeling. What happened? Me and Jonah were in a fight. Um, when my my, my great-great-grandma died. Mm. I didn't even know her that much. But you had a strong feeling. Mm-hmm. What was the feeling? Um, like sort of angry and sad. Mm-hmm. Well, I was playing with my friends, and they said I could play, and then they passed the ball to me once, and then they started playing without me. Michael is my mama's. Brother, so now he's in heaven, and I really, really miss him. Welcome to this special episode where we review the basics of emotional intelligence. While we begin to identify emotions at a very early age, how we experience and talk about our feelings gets more complex as we get older. 25 years ago, Dan and his colleagues popularized a new way of thinking about emotions called emotional intelligence. Dan has always said he didn't invent emotional intelligence. He codified it, he wrote about it, and now he has spent much of his career researching its applications and impact. If you're new to this work, or need a refresher, this episode goes over Dan's model of emotional intelligence. His model has four domains. Within each of those domains are a series of competencies, each having to do with a different aspect of emotional intelligence. Throughout this episode, we include clips from Crucial Competence, a video series of conversations on emotional intelligence between Dan and his colleagues. If you're interested in delving deeper into emotional intelligence and EI research, including the brain science behind it, Crucial Competence can be purchased in full from the Keystep Media website. If you're a visual learner, you can also find what we affectionately call the bubble map, a graphic outlining Dan's competency model. Let's get started. I first became aware of the importance of something that I later realized was called emotional intelligence. Uh, When I went to uh, my 20th high school reunion, and it turned out that the the kid in my class who was most successful in his career wasn't the valedictorian, the kid with the highest grades, wasn't the kid with the highest test scores on their college entrance exams. Actually, it was someone I knew pretty well in high school. He was a great person, but an average student. 
Uh, he was the kind of person you liked to do things with, who really listened, who paid attention, who was very respectful, who made you feel good about yourself, and who it was a joy to be with. And uh, 20 years out, he was not only the most successful, he was senior vice president of a major company. Then at the 40th reunion, I found out he uh, ended up owning his own company, sold it when the market was really high. When I started thinking deeply about emotional intelligence, I was thinking at two levels. One has to do with we grown-ups, people who are parents in the workforce, leaders. I see emotional intelligence as essential to being effective in each of those domains because we're really talking about human skills, about what it's like to be an effective person, to manage ourselves well to know ourselves, to tune into the people around us and to use all of that to be effective in our relationships, whether it's within a family, with our friends, at work, as a leader, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we need some aspect or all aspects of emotional intelligence. And so I see part of what I'm doing is kind of adult education. You know, it's never too late to get better at emotional intelligence. But the other area has to do with kids, making sure that the movement to teach emotional intelligence to kids, which is now called social and emotional learning, uh, was well-documented, that it was well-evaluated, that we knew that it mattered. One of our grassroots supporters for this season asked this. Hello, my name is Brian Sossman, and I want to thank all of you for creating this important podcast. I would like to know the basics of emotional intelligence, starting with what you believe is the best definition of emotional intelligence and what you believe are the core, most basic and foundational principles of emotional intelligence. Brian, that is a terrific question. It's one I'm often asked in one form or another. And in fact, I've spent most of my career studying the answer to that question. Let me dive in. Emotional intelligence refers to a different way of being smart. It's not your IQ. It's how you manage yourself and your relationships. It's not usually taught in schools. You learn it at home, on the playground, or in the office. There are four parts to my model of emotional intelligence. The first is self-awareness. The second is self-management. Then there's social awareness or empathy. And the fourth is relationship management. Within each of these four parts, these four domains, there are learned competencies. The self-management competencies are first emotional self-awareness, then emotional balance, positive outlook, the drive to achieve, and adaptability. The relationship competencies are empathy, organizational awareness, influence, being a coach and mentor, inspiration, teamwork, and conflict management. Self-awareness lies at the heart of emotional intelligence. Emotional self-awareness is the ability to understand our own emotions and their effects on our performance. You realize how your feelings affect you and how well you're doing. Your values and sense of purpose help set your course of action. As a leader, you can be candid and authentic, and you can speak with conviction about your vision. 
Self-awareness isn't something that you achieve once and then you're done with it. Rather, every moment is an opportunity to either be self-aware or not. In this way, it's a continual endeavor. It's a conscious choice to be self-aware. The good news is that the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. My freshman year in college, there was a kid down the hall from me who had perfect scores on his college entrance exams. And that was great. He had a very high IQ, but he had a problem. Couldn't get out of bed before noon, never went to class, never finished his papers on time. Took him about eight years to get a four-year college degree. And what I realized in retrospect was that what he lacked was motivation. He just couldn't manage himself. He was very poor in that second part of emotional intelligence, self-management, uh, and it really cost him. And then as I've gone on through life, I've seen more and more evidence that uh, people who have a good enough IQ to have a you know, high-level job and so on just don't make it as leaders or as team members if they have a deficit in emotional intelligence. Self-awareness helps us know what's going on, but then the question is, how do we apply that? So the first competence in this set is called emotional self-control, and it, it doesn't mean suppressing emotions. It, it has to do with disruptive emotions, emotions that get in the way, high anxiety or intense fear or quick anger, whatever it may be. Emotional balance or emotional self-management is the ability to keep your disruptive emotions and impulses in check to maintain your effectiveness under stressful or even hostile conditions. With emotional balance, you find ways to manage your emotions and impulses. You stay calm and clear-headed under stress even during a crisis. Positive outlook is the ability to see the positive in people, in situations and events. It means persistence in pursuing goals despite setbacks and obstacles. You can see the opportunity in situations where others would see a setback that could be devastating, at least for them. But you see things positively. You see others positively. You expect the best of other people. It's that glass half full outlook that leads you to believe that changes in the future will be for the better. The achievement competence means that we strive to meet or exceed a standard of excellence. We look for ways to do things better. We set challenging goals. We take calculated risks. There's a big paradox about achievement orientation, and that is when you have positive goals, it's very helpful. But if you stay in this overdrive all the time and try to drive other people in the same pace, you can become a toxic leader, actually. And uh, it, paradoxically, too, even though achievement drive helps you uh, get your career goals, it may make you unhappy in your life. Adaptability is another very crucial competency in, in self-management. The adaptability competence is flexibility in handling change and juggling multiple demands, adapting to new situations with new ideas or innovative approaches. It means you can stay focused on your goals, but easily adjust how you get there. You can meet new challenges and you're nimble in adjusting to sudden change. You're comfortable with the uncertainty that leadership can bring. I had a friend, uh, Terry Dobson, who was one of the people who brought Aikido, the Japanese martial arts, to America. 
when he was younger, he was a U.S. Marine. When he got out of the Marines, his idea of a good time was to go to a bar, get really drunk, get in a fight. That was Terry. But he stayed in Japan after he was released from the Marines, and he decided to learn a martial art. This was very new in those days, but his teacher told him, I'll teach you, but you have to take a vow that you will never use these martial arts except in self-defense or to protect someone else. Terry took that vow. And one day he was uh, on one of those crowded Tokyo subway trains on the way home from the dojo. And all of a sudden at one stop, this huge guy who was very drunk, a laborer, very dirty, it turns out. Uh, gets on the car and everybody's kind of backing away and this drunk, very belligerent says, okay. And basically he wants to pick a fight and uh, he says, who's going to fight me? And everybody's cowering. Terry, however, thinks this is my moment. He stands up and it's like high noon on the subway car. These two guys are facing each other and the drunk starts to stagger toward Terry and as he's staggering down the subway car, this little old man in a traditional Japanese kimono pipes up. He says, hey, what you been drinking? In a very friendly tone. And the drunk is kind of startled. And he looks at him and says, sake, what's it to you? And the old man says, oh, I love sake. Come sit here next to me and tell me all about it. That the drunk slumps down in a chair next to the old man. The old man says to the drunk, you know, my wife and I like to sit under our favorite persimmon tree in our garden at the end of the day and talk over the day with each other. And at that, the drunk says, you know, I ain't got no wife, I ain't got no home, I ain't got no job. I'm so unhappy. And at that, he puts his head on the old man's shoulder and starts weeping. At that, Terry sees there's no danger he gets off at the next stop. The empathy competence means you have the ability to sense others' feelings and how they see things. You take an active interest in their concerns. You pick up cues to what's being felt and thought. With empathy, you sense unspoken emotions. You listen attentively to understand the other person's point of view, the terms in which they're thinking about what's going on. Empathic leaders are able to get along well with people of very different backgrounds and cultures and to express their ideas in ways the other person will understand. Empathy doesn't mean psyching out the other person so you can manipulate them, but rather it's knowing how best to collaborate with them. Organizational awareness means the ability to read a group's emotional currents and power relationships, identify influencers, networks, and the dynamics that matter in making decisions. A leader who can recognize networking opportunities and read key power relationships will do a better job at leading. Such leaders not only understand the forces at work in an organization, but also the guiding values and unspoken rules that operate among people. Influence as a competence refers to the ability to have a positive impact on others, to persuade or convince them to gain their support. With the influence competence, you're persuasive and engaging, and you can build buy-in from key people. 
Among the helping professions, influence was the strongest competence. A helping role comes down to whether you can connect with people's understanding of what matters, see their perspective, and use that insight to communicate powerfully. In physicians, it means that their patients comply with what the doctor tells them to do, whether exercise more or take their medicine. Remember, leadership is the art of getting work done well through other people, and influence is the most powerful way to do that. The emotional intelligence competency we call coach and mentor is the ability to foster the long-term learning or development of others by giving feedback and support. You have a genuine interest in helping them develop further strengths. You give timely, constructive feedback. You understand the person's goals, and you try to find challenges for them that would be growth opportunities. Here are some findings from my colleague, Richard Boyatzis. Coaching strengthens relationships, loyalty, and trust. His research finds that if you coach to people's dreams and values, those coached are able to change for the better. If you coach for compliance, that is, how you want them to be rather than toward their own goals, you have a negative impact. The inspirational leadership competence is the ability to guide people to get the job done, to bring out their best. With inspiration, you can articulate a shared mission in a way that motivates and offers a sense of common purpose beyond people's day-to-day -day tasks. There's a Japanese saying that all of us are smarter than any one of us. Research says the same thing. Studies find that groups make better decisions and are more effective than any specific individual on that team. Teamwork is the ability to work with others toward a shared goal, participating actively, sharing responsibility and rewards, and contributing to the capability of the team. You empathize and create an atmosphere of respect, helpfulness, and cooperation. You can draw others into active commitment to the team's effort. Leaders skilled at this competence build spirit, positive relationships, and pride of identity at being on the team. And it's not just teams. This competence holds the key to collaboration of any kind. The conflict management competency means the ability to help others through emotional or tense situations, to tactfully bring disagreements into the open, and to define solutions that everyone can endorse. Leaders who take time to understand the different perspectives work toward finding a common ground on which everyone can agree. They acknowledge the views of all sides while redirecting energy toward a shared ideal or an agreeable resolution. Clearly, being able to manage conflict matters for leaders, but that doesn't mean convincing other people that yours is the correct opinion. There's a difference between winning and effectively managing conflict. Uh, Richard Boyaxis and I developed an instrument to help people who want to develop further strengths in emotional intelligence. It's called the Emotional and Social Competence Inventory. It's a 360 degree measure, meaning if you're going to take it, you take it, you evaluate yourself, but then you ask, you know, up to 10 people who know you well and whose opinions you value and trust to rate you anonymously so they can be very honest. And then that information is fed back to you 
uh, as an aggregate. You don't know who said what particularly, but you get a profile of your strengths and weaknesses. And this is really valuable news to use because you can see yourself as others see you and also understand that things you think you may be very good at don't really seem that strong in people who work with you or know you well. And that helps you identify where you want to work. And you want to work on one competence at a time. And here I'd also like to mention, uh, if you can't afford a coach, you know, the ESCI is designed to be used with a coach, you might want to look at our emotional intelligence learning paths. Uh, and this is for anyone who wants a better understanding of emotional intelligence and wants to get better uh, at different aspects of it. If you know anyone who's just beginning to explore emotional intelligence, our hope is that this episode can serve as a valuable starting point. If you're interested in delving deeper into emotional intelligence, including the brain science behind it, the video series Crucial Competence can be purchased in full from the Key Step Media website. Thanks for listening to First Person Plural, Emotional Intelligence and Beyond. Stay tuned for our first full episode on the topic of purpose and well-being, coming soon. Subscribe now and sign up for our newsletter to get notified as new episodes are released. For transcripts and resources mentioned in today's episode, check out our episode notes on our website, firstpersonplural.com. Thank you to Isis, Matea, Michael, and Ari for sharing your voices with us at the top of the episode. This episode was written and produced by Gabriela Acosta and me, Elizabeth Solomon. Episode art and production support by Bryant Johnson. Theme music by Amber Ojeda. Until next time, be well. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate our show and submit a review. It helps us spread the word about the show. If you want to go the extra mile to support our show, you can become a patron. For as little as $5 a month, you can get exclusive access to extended interviews and behind-the-scenes content. Sign up at patreon.com slash firstpersonplural.